Heidi Plank had a lot going on in her life. The 39-year-old was a single mom and had a demanding job at a company under investigation by the SEC. On October 17, 2021, Heidi abruptly left her son's football game and headed downtown LA. She was last seen on surveillance footage walking her dog behind a luxury high-rise. The dog was later found wandering alone on the 28th floor of that building. Heidi was nowhere to be found and remains missing. There has been speculation that she ran away from all the stress she was facing. Some people actually think that Heidi is in the Witness Protection Program. Unfortunately, it appears that Heidi fell prey to some party-loving goons who have yet to face justice. This is the mystery file. Heidi was a five foot three white female with blonde hair and blue eyes. She was from suburban Buffalo, New York and moved to LA in 2001. After studying business and management at Cal State LA, Heidi worked as an executive assistant at Douglas Elliman and Coldwell Banker. In 2008, she married Jim Wayne, a Beverly Hills stylist who was 24 years older than her. Their son Bond, as in James Bond, was born two years later. According to Jim, Heidi suffered from postpartum depression after giving birth and sometimes behaved erratically. He told Dateline that he woke up once at 2 a.m. and found her scrubbing floors even though she had full-time help. They divorced in 2012 and shared custody of Bond. The two were in and out of court over the years, and Jim even sued her in 2017 for over $7,000. Despite this, they seem to have a cordial relationship. According to LA Magazine, days before she disappeared, Heidi sent Jim flowers thanking him for everything he did for Bond and texted, he adores you and you are a very special person to him. In December 2016, Heidi became the assistant of Jason Sugarman, the managing partner of a small LA-based investment firm called Camden Capital Partners. Jason happened to be co-owner of the Los Angeles Football Club and the son-in-law of some rich guy who has produced a bunch of movies and owns a couple of sports teams. It looks like Heidi was Jason's only employee and was at his beck and call. Her friend Natalie said she was Jason's right hand and would drop everything for him, no matter what she was doing. Over time, Heidi took on more and more responsibilities. In 2018, she became the chief accountant of Camden Capital and oversaw all of its financial matters. She moved into a $1.7 million townhouse despite making about $145,000 a year. Jim said, all I know is that she always had piles of cash and took a lot of vacations. She told me that her boss floats her money when they close a deal. The only problem is that Heidi was working for a crook. In 2021, the SEC was investigating Jason Sugarman for defrauding a Native American corporation out of $43 million and leaving the tribe with $60 million in debt. Jason and his business partner, 
Jason Galenas, had acquired control of two investment firms so they could use client funds to purchase tribal bonds. The money was supposed to be invested in annuities that would benefit the tribal corporation and repay bondholders, but the two men used the money instead to acquire foreign insurance companies. Jason Galenas happens to be the son of John Peter Galenas, a criminal who has been defrauding people since the 70s. Both father and son participated in the tribal bond fraud. I guess it's true when they say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Jason Galenas allegedly used Hunter Biden's name as a selling point in the fraud, according to the Wall Street Journal. Hunter was described in promotional brochures as a vice chairman for Burnham Financial Group, the alleged placement agent for the tribal bonds. Now, the feds never charged Hunter with anything, and his attorney said his name was used without his knowledge. But I find that hard to believe, considering that one of the co-conspirators in this scheme, Devin Archer, was Hunter Biden's business partner. Galenas convinced several other schmucks to take part in the fraud, including Bevan Cooney, another Hunter Biden associate. Jim told LA Magazine, dirtbags associate themselves with other dirtbags, and there are a lot of dirtbags around my wife's job. There are a lot of bad people around Jason. Heidi was never named as a co-conspirator, and there's no evidence she was called to be a witness. It's unclear she even knew what her boss was up to. However, Jim said that Heidi was extremely worried about her name being on the dotted line of documents sent to the government. Before she disappeared, she texted her Bay Area-based boyfriend that she was afraid, but never elaborated. It didn't help matters that Heidi suffered from psychological problems. In October 2015, she experienced what Jim called a full psychotic break. She trashed her son's bedroom, then climbed out of his window and hopped on a neighbor's fence. Minutes later, a neighbor called the police after spotting Heidi climbing on roofs. The police arrived at the scene only to find her half naked and messing with a circuit breaker. This was right after Heidi had told Jim that she had to leave a Rite Aid because it was too intense and had repeatedly tried to feed him some bacon. She eventually checked herself into a psychiatric hospital, but called Jim the next day, begging him to take her home. She claimed that she was being molested. Both Jim and her friend Natalie confirmed that she was hooked on Adderall, the medication used to treat ADHD. Regardless of her issues, Heidi's friend said she was a loving person who was devoted to her son. The day she disappeared, October 17th, Heidi had been at Bond's football game in Downey, a city about 13 miles from downtown LA. Jim was there too and said Heidi appeared restless as the game progressed. At halftime, she told him that she had to go and abruptly left. Little did he know that it would be the last time he saw her. 
For the next three days, Bond called and texted his mother several times, but she never responded. One of Heidi's friends went over to her townhouse. Nothing seemed out of place. There was no sign of her or her $90,000 Range Rover. Her work cell phone was in the house, along with a company laptop. When Heidi failed to pick up Bond from his private school on October 20th, Jim called police. There was no way Heidi wouldn't show up for Bond, he told LA Magazine. I knew something was really wrong. People don't just disappear. Surveillance footage outside Heidi's townhouse showed her leaving her home earlier in the day with her Labradoodle, Seven. Jim tried to track Heidi on her devices, but her GPS was turned off, her iPhone and Apple Watch disabled. At first, people suspected Jim of causing her disappearance, especially since he went to court several days after Heidi went missing to seek full custody of Bond. Jim explained that he needed to do that because the boy was despondent over his mother's disappearance and had to see a therapist ASAP. A judge later awarded him sole legal and physical custody. As the days passed, Jim continued looking for his ex-wife, along with her friends. He held a press conference in front of news outlets. He also contacted Heidi's boss, Jason Sugarman. Jim said Jason was more concerned with getting his hands on Heidi's work laptop than finding his missing loyal employee. Jason even accused her of running off with some of the company's funds. Interestingly, surveillance footage outside Heidi's townhouse showed Jason leaving pastries at her door, even though he knew damn well she was missing. Of course, this had a lot of people wondering if Jason got rid of her, including Jim. Heidi knows all of Jason's and the company's secrets. She knows where the bones are buried, he alleged. Jim said he received a call from an SEC investigator on October 21st, asking him about Jason and his company. Jim told the man everything he knew and also turned in Heidi's work laptop to the police. On October 29th, LAPD and federal agents burst into Heidi's townhouse with guns drawn. They searched every room and dusted for fingerprints. Hours later, they emerged with stacks of files. In the end, it was Seven who helped crack the case. The dog was chipped, so Jim contacted the chip company to find out where he was. It turns out Seven had been found alone on the 28th floor of a downtown LA high-rise called Hope and Flower, the same day Heidi disappeared. A couple living at Hope and Flower took him in and eventually let the chip company know. But how did Seven get into a secure building with a guard at the door? And where was Heidi? Surveillance footage captured her walking Seven in a little alley behind Hope and Flower on October 17th at 6.20 p.m. She didn't seem distressed, 
and was still wearing the clothes she had on when she left her townhouse earlier that day. Heidi's friends and family were puzzled at why she had gone all the way to that building in the middle of her son's game. From the outside looking in, Hope and Flower looks like a nice luxury high-rise that many people would want to live in if they could afford it. Located on the corner of Hope and 12th Street, it's just steps away from LA Live and the Staples Center. Glossy photos online show modern apartments with fabulous views of the city. Residents have access to rooftop pools, steam and sauna rooms, a 24-hour fitness center, game room, concierge, valet parking, pet park, delivery service, and more. But looking at Yelp reviews, however, it appears that living at Hope and Flower has been a nightmare for some residents. One likened the building to a shitty wedding cake with pretty icing, but complete crap inside. Residents complained about stolen bikes and cars being broken into. Others mentioned piled up garbage that stunk up the hallways. And safety seems to be a major issue at Hope and Flower. One resident wrote about rowdy residents and rapid drug use. Another said, there are units that are party houses and bring in all sorts of criminal activity into that building. Allegedly, guns have gone off there and people have even been robbed. Given these horror stories, it's not surprising that management was reluctant to hand over the visitor log and surveillance footage to cops. Heidi was seen on camera entering the building, but she never walked out. Something horrible happened to her at Hope and Flower that management continues to cover up. A YouTuber named Don Heim told the Sun newspaper that a witness informed her that Heidi had gone to Hope and Flower on October 17th to get some Adderall from an ex. That day, there was a party on the 40th floor, which Heidi decided to attend. Dawn said, so she was up at this really big party and they were gambling with crypto. There were illicit drugs and strippers. They had a stripper pole up there and a DJ. According to Dawn, the witness saw Heidi die from an overdose after taking Adderall laced with the deadly fentanyl. I was told that she OD'd in the middle of the dance floor, fell down and broke a glass that she had in her hand, Dawn said. A group of people tried to revive her, but they couldn't. They got scared because there was a lot of illegal stuff going on. So a bunch of them took her out and pushed her down the trash chute. The witness also told Dawn that she heard Heidi go down, but didn't hear her hit the bottom. So she went to check each floor. And when she opened the chute on the 28th floor, she saw her body stuck there. The woman told me this in front of three other people who work in the building. And they were like, yeah, that's what happened, Dawn revealed. This shocking story was pretty much corroborated by the LAPD. According to Dateline, 
Police interviewed partygoers and were told that Heidi overdosed on illicit drugs. Not one person called 911 during or after the tragic event. Instead, they just dumped her into an upper floor trash chute like she was garbage. It just boggles my mind how some people can treat another human being that way and just go on with their lives like nothing happened. And the LAPD still has not made any arrests or named a single suspect. So while Heidi's killers are walking around free, enjoying their lives, her friends and family are completely distraught, especially her young son. Sadly, her body may never be found. By the time police got to the dumpsters after her disappearance, the garbage had been emptied out several times. Investigators spent many days combing the landfill where the trash was sent to, but found no sign of her. On November 4th, Heidi's Range Rover was discovered in the underground garage of a building several blocks from Hope and Flower, proving that she never left that place alive. Heidi was declared deceased by LA Superior Court Judge Ruben Garcia on January 17, 2023. The petition was made by Jim so that Bond can collect her life insurance. Judge Garcia said, The court will note that the petitioner, Jim Wayne, has sufficiently satisfied the burden of proof in arguing for her death. No reasonable inferences can lead one to determine that she remains alive. Judge Garcia officially recorded that Heidi died in LA on October 17, 2021 at 9 p.m. He said he had been convinced by compelling arguments made by Jim's attorney, as well as testimony given behind closed doors by the investigating officer in the case. According to the Sun newspaper, after the ruling, Jim smiled, shook his attorney's hand, and slapped him on the back. That's kind of a strange reaction to your missing loved one being declared dead. The same month, the SEC ordered Heidi's boss, Jason Sugarman, to pay over $10.2 million for his role in the $43 million tribal bonds fraud that netted him $9 million. According to the SEC press release, Jason agreed to pay the money without admitting or denying the allegations. He's barred from serving as an officer or director of a public company for three years. His business partner, Jason Galenis, was convicted of securities fraud and is currently serving a 15-year prison sentence for being the mastermind of the Indian bond fraud and another scheme that also involved his brother, Derek. Their dedicated father, John Peter, received 10 years for his participation in both schemes. Next time on The Mystery File, I will be talking about another case where justice was not served. A young woman was found dead in a Coronado mansion. Police say she took her own life, but the evidence shows otherwise. <laughs>